Right, welcome to another episode of the S Una Final podcast. Uh, we are up and running again. Uh, this is a time we all love. A Real Madrid game every three days. Uh, we just had uh, a pretty difficult game against Inter Milan that Real Madrid won in the Champions League match day one. Now we are back in La Liga, La Liga match day five. Uh, Real Madrid uh, pretty much have their biggest challenge so far this season. And to talk about all of this, to preview the game, I have Charlie with me. Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Lovely to be on. Uh, Looking forward to a very big match this weekend. Should be a ton of fun. Yes, yes. Of course, uh, uh, like, and obviously Valencia, uh, I'm, I'm guessing at least they'll get four or five penalties this time around, oh, yeah, uh, just yeah. j- just to better last season. <laughs> yep. Carlos Soler. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah Carlos Soler uh, for the Pichichi after this game, for sure. And uh, all right. Uh, but just to uh, build up a prelude to this game, Charlie, uh, why this game is even more so important for Real Madrid, apart from just facing Valencia, historically big La Liga rival, uh, I think Madrid's schedule has been weird this season. Like, obviously, for the Bernabeu renovations, they had to play the first few games away from home. Then they play one game at home and then a couple of big away games one more, once more. After this game, Madrid has, I think, Mallorca, Sheriff, and Villarreal, if I'm not... if if I'm yep, not doing, right. saying anything wrong. So after that, they kind of ease into three games at the Bernabeu again. But before that, this is this is a big game. And it's imperative that Real Madrid win this game, not only to keep their hold on to the top spot of La Liga. And as a matter of fact, they're they're going the two top teams right now are going to be facing off uh, on Sunday. So uh so yeah. Just not for you know facing Valencia, the big rival, but also to settle into that three home game phase uh, with some confidence behind their back. I think this game is ever so important for that. What do you think? Most definitely, yeah. Um, this is a big momentum game for the two top teams in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. if Valencia wins this, they are—I don't want to toss them out as a legit title <laughs> contender at this point, mm-hmm. but I mean, five games in, they'll be top of the table. They have the tied highest goal difference with Real Madrid this season. They have mm-hmm. nine goals, only conceding two. I mean, they're the real deal, which I was the last person to expect. I didn't think Bordas ball would work for Valencia, but hey, mm-hmm. I will fully admit I'm wrong, and as much as I don't like Bordas ball, I'm very happy to see Valencia near the top of the table again. It's obviously a historic team, so it's good to see them uh, back in the success range. Yes, and uh that is that is i think a nice point for us to dive into some of the tactics tactics of this game uh ancelotti's second stint at real madrid uh, it has been pleasant to watch from a uh, offensive point of view of course in la liga especially mm-hmm. but defensively this team seems to have be a completely different team that than what we saw from Zidane in the last two seasons. Because even against Inter Milan, you guys spoke about this uh, this game, obviously, in the review podcast as well, you and Michael. Uh, just to bring a little bit of that one more time, that Madrid's defensive struggles uh, seem to be, to me at least, uh, from a lack of defensive preparation as well. Uh, Ancelotti previously has been a manager who would rather you know, focus too much on his team and not at all on the opponent at times. And uh, I saw a case of that against Inter Milan. Uh, Simone Inzaghi, I think, pretty much outplayed 
uh, Real Madrid in the first half at least. But in the second half, of course, Inter pressed so much. Real Madrid came back. Again, we are now against Valencia. We are once again coming up against a team who are tactically unique on their own uh, because of their manager and what kind of style he plays. And uh, I'm actually, uh, I would say I am worried that how much uh, unique tactical preparation Ancelotti would have for this game uh, because this is something he is not known for. His teams, uh, mm-hmm. especially his Real Madrid teams, have been just like, no matter what what you do, the opponent will just outscore you, as simple as that. But uh, with Benzema and uh, probably Vinicius as our only source of goals, uh, this may not be a very good plan uh, going deep into the season. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the score more than your opponent is a ton of fun, but mm-hmm. from a tactical standpoint, like you were saying, it just... If one doesn't make a ton of sense, given that for a team that wants to be competing for titles and at the top of the league, just going in and saying, we're going to try and score more, that's not a smart, that's not a sustainable way to play. And mm-hmm. that, like we said, or like you just said, uh, Benzema and Vinicius are the club's only source of goals at the moment. So if you lose one or both of them, everything everything you have goes out the window. So uh, I don't like Ancelotti's obviously not going I, well, I hope he changes, but I don't think he's going to be doing too much different from what he normally does in preparation for games like this. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to get much different uh, tactically mm-hmm. from a sample for Real Madrid this game, and they'll just come out like we they have come out for the previous five games. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be the same uh, counterattacking team trying to stay off the ball, and their transition defense, their rest defense, has been very, very poor this season. That's a, been a major issue. That's my opinion, the biggest issue with the team's defense and why they're conceding so much. And I yep. don't think we're going to see much changes. And that's something that's going to be very, very tough uh, against Valencia because they're a team that, while they don't press you high up the pitch, their press is very intense from a deep position. It's very unique. It's um, it's not a low block but they will play deep in their own territory, but they will still press you very hard. It's um, quite difficult to play against, as we've seen from the other teams in La Liga this season. So Real Madrid's rest defense, which for people who don't know what rest defense is, it's the way your defenders and uh, like deeper-lying midfielders line up when you're in possession so that they can move into a defensive uh, phase as soon as uh, the team loses the ball. So like where Casemiro is, is a major, major factor in all of this, where he is when we uh, lose the ball so he can track back. Yeah, Real Madrid's rest defense in this get- match is going to have to be on point because if they want any chance of stopping Valencia and Gonzalo Guedes, who's been probably the best player in the league of the season, he's been fantastic for Valencia. If they want any chance of stopping him, which is going to be a key talking point later, uh, I have some stuff about Gedish I want to talk about, but mm. stopping him is pertinent in this match. Mm. And Casemiro and the rest defense need to be fantastic to lock him down. Yes, and uh, I think a lot, lot of this has to do with uh, just Real Madrid's basic shape in or out of position. Yeah. Because under Zidane, what we saw a lot is that he wouldn't compromise anything with the defense so the team would always have a compact shape Uh, players would especially out of possession players would be closer to each other and for that especially uh, even if whatever deficiencies Nacho and Militao have they wouldn't get that much exposed in that kind of shape but with Ancelotti pressing even higher up uh, pressing wider at times it I think it's Difficult for these players to get back into position, what you said about rest defense, uh, and that that is making the team suffer. And especially 
like Casemiro is such an interesting profile for Real Madrid. Uh, he is like on his day or even not even on his day, he's probably the most important player in the team. And at the same time, he's probably the biggest liability on the team team especially when he's on the ball uh this is like this amazes me also this frustrates me that he has got such a like such a different profile uh well if he's fit he has to start because without him the team's defense eventually suffers so much but uh i don't really see casemiro involved in a possession-based build-up in this team or in any team, to be honest, because Absolutely. he's just not that player. And it's it's also a bit frustrating, even more so, because it's been a while. He's been a top, top player for, for quite some time. And even though not having that thing in his arsenal to be a better ball player in, in the end, it, it kind of frustrates me. Oh, uh, I absolutely agree. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Move, before moving on more Real Madrid stuff, I just want to uh, pull out this graphic that I uh, put on YouTube, uh, sorry, on Twitter just a few minutes ago. So these are the last two games uh, that Valencia played, and they won quite, quite, you know, significantly against Alaves and uh, Osasuna. Uh, our viewers uh, or our listeners uh, who are not seeing this, what we have on screen, you will do when we have the YouTube version of the podcast up on our screens. We basically have the past network of Valencia for the last two games. So Charlie, what interests me the most is that there is a specific pattern in this past network that I can see that the two center midfielders, they stay really close to each other. And for the Osasuna game, this was uh, Guillamon and uh, Daniel Voss. I'm not entirely sure if those two players are the ones who were this close to each other against Alaves. Uh, all right. Yep. Uh, okay. 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 So Guillamon and Daniel Voss staying so close to each other. But at the same time, we see that their shape against Osasuna was more central, more narrow, uh, against Osasuna, but whereas with the same kind of setup, they were allowed to be, or they allowed themselves to be into more wider positions. So this, although may not be ideal for every context, but this is the kind of things that worry me when I'm when I'm seeing this team as uh, Real Madrid's opponents, because we know that we don't have the culture uh with Ancelotti to have that kind of specific tactical preparation uh, against these kind of teams. And uh, yeah, unless it's like a Champions League semifinal, I don't think <laughs> Ancelotti would put much specific preparation onto that. So what do you think about that, uh, including like how Bordelas lines up his teams? Yeah, I think this, the mid, controlling the midfield is a huge key for Real Madrid and also for Valencia in this match. Who's going to control the midfield? And I think Real Madrid do come in with an advantage purely on the basis that they're going to be playing three midfielders as opposed to mm -hmm. Valencia's two central midfielders and uh, Guillemot and Vaz, who I assume will uh, start this game as well with Carlos Soler mm -hmm. playing in the right midfield position. So Real Madrid are going to have to figure out, one, how they try and play through these two midfielders and through Valencia's high press and how they can create space in their compact 4-4-2 and as well how they can keep these midfielders from getting on the ball in in space in possession and turning and dishing the ball to the fullbacks and to the uh, wide midfielders um, 
high pressure, I think, from Real Madrid's midfielders, which is why Fede Valverde will surely start this match. He's going to have to be the workhorse who's going to have to be everywhere and trying to lock down, keeping the Valencia midfielders from having too much time in possession. I think we can see Camavinga as well starting. The two of them are both major workhorses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they could, I, those two are the two midfielders best suited to put in a shift of high pressing midfield, which I would love to see Ancelotti go with. I don't think he will. I think we'll see Luka Modric and Fede Valverde along with Casemiro. But mm-hmm. yes, trying to restrict the amount of time that these Valencia midfielders can get. And uh, our fullbacks and wingers will need to be uh uh, the wingers will need to track back as much as possible because Valencia, as you can see in that pattern, they go central midfielders and then back out to the wide midfielders mm-hmm. and the uh, fullbacks, which get forward very well. Uh, Thierry Correa, the right back, is very, very good at getting forward, as you can see in both of those graphics right there. He is a key, key factor. And whoever's playing left back, I pro- I'm assuming it'll be Nacho, but he'll have to be on his best uh, mm-hmm. positional awareness to try and take care of that. So, yes. Dominating the midfield is key for this match, and pressing their midfield high will be very big for Real Madrid. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that gives us the opportunity to get into Real Madrid's uh, you know first eleven discussions nicely as well. So I think Courtois and the back four, I I'm like either the same back four that started against Inter, or I think Miguel comes in in one of Militao and Nacho's place, probably Nacho Valverde again. And in the front line, well, like our Belgian winger might get back into the starting 11 uh, with Vinicius and Benzema. But I'd actually like Real Madrid to go with a four-man midfield with Kamavinga and Modric and just play Vinicius and uh, Benzema up top. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I would love a four-four-two diamond. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would. Mm-hmm. I think that is the would be the best course of action for this match. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, the back line. I think it'll stay the same from the Inter Milan match with Nacho at left back. I think they'd be better off having Alaba left back just because of trying to take advantage of uh, space on the wings against Valencia and trying to uh, maybe put in crosses from deep because Alaba is just fantastic. That, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think Nacho will start uh, at left back. Yeah, I think we'll see the like the midfield three. I said Modric, uh, Fede, and Casemiro. But again, would love four four two diamond like you said. Uh, dominate the midfield as much as possible. Get as many guys uh, trying mm-hmm. to clog that area would be fantastic. Yeah, and Vinny and Ben's up top. I think, like I said, it'll be a four three three. I think Rodrigo will start on the right. I don't think Hazard is too much in favor for Ancelotti at the moment, mm-hmm. which we saw mm-hmm. against uh, Inter Milan, which was very curious because his post match thoughts. He just said he. Didn't feel like bringing him on. He didn't think he was the right fit, which is very mm-hmm. curious. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Rodrigo, especially after coming off the goal in the Inter Milan match, I think he'll be rewarded with a start this game. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we like we saw Rodrigo coming on and not our Belgian winger. Uh, we saw uh, Asensio coming on really late in the game at, at that mm-hmm. point pretty much to like waste time probably or something like that. And Isco yep. didn't even feature in the last two games. So uh, it's it's surprising to see Ancelotti counting so much on his youth players rather than players he have known before, like, for example, Isco. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I think this is, this is a warning for all of the underperforming players that uh, you get into the starting lineup based on merit, unless uh, you're someone like probably Luka Modric, but like 
well, he always gets on on the team sheet yep. based on merit anyway. But uh, Luka Modric or Benzema, Courtois, someone like that. So yeah, it's some of his selection decisions have really surprised me this season. Uh, I think the most curious decision he has made so far to me has been starting Nacho at left back against Inter. I did not see that coming. Like no. we had a Bengali podcast uh, with the uh, Penia Madridista Bangladesh, uh, the official supporters club in Bangladesh. We had a, we were ha- having a podcast with them before the game and someone actually uh, uh made a comment that El Chiringuito is already reporting uh, that El Nacho will be at left back. And we're like, ah, no, no, that's that's just like, <laughs> how how would you even know? And uh, if Alaba is playing and Nacho is playing, Alaba is definitely going to be left back. But then then we see Nacho at left back. Uh, before going to Valencia's tactics and their first 11, I want to bring this very small, probably going off the track as well, very small thing that uh, under Ancelotti, we're seeing these things uh, about the media. So when Ancelotti said that he's going to play Asensio in a three-man midfield uh, or he would try Asensio as a midfielder, I think AS reported that the day before. And again, when Nacho was supposed to play at left back, I think El Chiringuito uh, published that an hour, an hour and a half before the game. So these things do worry me because uh, I'm pretty sure Ancelotti did not call a journalist and told him that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play Asensio as a midfielder. Now, Ancelotti only said that out loud in a press official press conference. And I'm pretty sure like uh, he didn't call El, like Pedro Roll and said, oh, all right, I'm going to start Nacho and yeah. back today. So these are league games. These are group stage games, probably not hiding us as much. But if this is an El Clasico and... Uh, the opposing manager through the media or whatnot knows a day before a tactical change like the one with Nacho, or if it's a Champions League quarterfinal, semifinal, or a knockout game. Uh, I think Real Madrid are not being diligent in this area. That you, you, These things should not come out in the media unless the manager lets it out himself. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, we're getting shades back of uh, Jose Mourinho back yeah. when he was manager, which mm-hmm. is obviously a horrible horrible situation mm-hmm. we know how that turned out last time yeah i yeah. hope uh Ancelotti is a better man manager and won't let it ever get to that point but yeah, yeah. i it's not a good situation to be in and i am starting to get slightly nervous about the kind of leaks we are seeing hopefully mm-hmm. it is squandered quickly and Ancelotti regains control of his dressing room because mm-hmm. i would really really hate to have a player be leaking this information and for both, because I'm a Madrid fan and because I love all these players, I would not like to know that one of them is uh, doing something uh, unethical like that. Yes, yes. Same here. And uh, this this does worry me as well, because these things, like there are teams that are completely tight-lipped about this. Real Madrid has never been that team. We have had leaks here and there somehow probably always, but these have direct tactical implications on the team that's playing these kind of leagues. So they, they should stop as soon as possible. But again, like <laughs> the medical situation we had last season, the team did not recognize that throughout the season, the manager, the president, no one. And I don't think this has even caught anyone's eyes apart from a few fans that these things are coming out way before they actually should. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens during the season. 
right. Uh, let's let's talk about Valencia now. Uh, Bordelas took over the club, and uh, within 30 seconds of their first La Liga games, one of the players got sent off. The perfect yep. storm, the perfect start. But since then, Valencia have recouped well, and they have uh, they have well. They're on top of La Liga based on points, uh, just behind Real Madrid on goal difference, on or, or scored goals. I think not yes. not different. So. Uh, for them, for all the you know financial issues, organizational issues that they have, this club has been having for the last three seasons. Making a real statement in La Liga would be would be a huge thing for them, and I don't think there is any better opportunity to do that uh, or to start to do that than beating Real Madrid at home for the second consecutive season. So. I'm absolutely sure, like any team that ever faces Real Madrid, Valencia are going to be 150% for this game. Uh, but apart from the tactical profiles or the things we have seen so far, uh, do you think they can come out and do something completely different uh, to overwhelm Real Madrid? Is there a chance of that happening under Bordelas? I don't think so. I mean, Bordelas, you know what you get with his management. And I don't... Mm-hmm. from watching him the past three or four seasons, he's never really differed with his management style under Hataf. Mm. I mean, he played almost the same players every match, pretty much the same style. I mean, he'd switch up the formation every so often mm. with tactical tweaks and injuries and things like that. But it was one of those sides where you just, you knew what you were going to get. It was going to be high pressure, high intensity, a lot mm. of fouls, um, players being very aggressive and trying to take advantage of each other and thriving off of the uh, frustration you create for the opposition i don't think we see anything different in this match i mean i think he'll use almost the same lineup i mean there are obviously injuries and things like that from last week Mm -hmm. but it'll be the same lineup the same uh system the same kind of high press in a deep area um gonzalo gids uh picking up the ball from deep areas and progressing it through dribbling uh terry correa trying to like um get forward and uh putting crosses and things like that i think it's gonna be the same normal valencia and to be fair, that same normal Valencia has caused a lot of problems and scored quite a few goals in La Liga. So if what you've got is working, I don't know why they'd stop at this point. And also, on a final note here, we know how Valencia is against Real Madrid. They've given them issues in the past, especially mm-hmm. off of uh, creating set pieces and uh, creating frustration for Real Madrid and creating chaos. They're very, very good at that, and they're only getting better at it under Bordelas. I think they have the most penalties drawn this season, which, granted, we're only four match days in, but it already tells you. I mean, they're like, yeah, I, there's a word in the English football game that you use for a team like this. You cannot say it on a podcast like this, but they're, uh, yes, that, that is their team. I mean, I think I, you should know what I'm alluding to at this point, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, that's just the general nature of Bordelas and this Valencia team at this point. They're going to create chaos, and that's how they're going to try and win this match, and that's that's what they thrive off of. Yep. Uh, I I expect nothing less from them, and uh, especially... And I think Real Madrid have only won at the Mestalla against Valencia, not against Barcelona. We've won every time we've played Barcelona at the Mestalla for <laughs> in the recent past. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, every time they've played uh, Valencia at the Mastaya, I think in the recent four, five, six, seven seasons, only in the 2017 18 season is when they won 
Ronaldo scored, Cruz scored. I think it, it, that was that was a good game. It was I think four two or four one something like that. But by that time, we have also lost the league long time ago in that season and given up on everything. And then we were only focusing on the Champions League. But yeah, this is different. This is uh, very early in the season, uh, almost like last season. I think last season we faced Valencia pretty early, if I remember uh, yep. correctly, and we lost terribly. Hope that doesn't come back again uh, this time around. But yeah, really, really hoping for a fantastic game on Sunday and absolute like uh, game of the weekend kind of stuff. Uh, nothing less than that. Uh, anything else you wanted to add or finish up on, Charlie, on, on this game? Um, I'll quickly toss out my Valencia lineup and then I sure. just have one more thing. So yeah, uh, Goalkeeper will be Mama Dashi, uh, Dashvili. He's uh, been mm-hmm. playing very well. He's been probably the best goalkeeper in La Liga based on like um, expected goals conceded and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we'll ch- see an unchanged back four of uh, Jose Gaia, Gabriel Paulista, Omar Adorete, and Thierry Correa. Uh, Guillemot and Vaz, again, starting in central midfield with Soler on the right. And Dennis Sheresev did pick up an injury last week. I believe it was a knee injury. So I think we'll see a new signing, Dimitri Fouquier, come in at that mm-hmm. left mid position. And then uh, Gonzalo Gitch and Maxi Gomez up top. And the one final thing I want to touch on is both Enchiladis Real Madrid and uh, Boros of Valencia both thrive on their opposition being in possession of the ball. Uh, Valencia has a possession average this season so far of like 43, and Real Madrid is somewhere, I think, like 45 or something like that. Um, we see that uh, Real Madrid thrives on their transition moments and their counterattacks and things like that. So these are two teams who just don't want to be on the ball for the majority of the match. So either someone has to take control and take it to the other team. I believe it'll be Real Madrid, just given based on the player's inherent possessing nature that they uh, play like under Zidane and things like that. I think that'll kick back in and they'll uh, hold more of the ball and tend to create more of the chances. Um, I could also see Valencia do it though. I mean, it could go either way. Mm. It depends on how the match starts. So whoever ends up taking the uh, game to the opposition uh, early on sets the tone of the match. I think that will be very, very telling. And if um, like I could see Valencia start very, very well and control the entire first half, probably grab a goal and then, Real Madrid will have to start the second half mm-hmm. uh, very well, like what we saw against Celta Vigo in this past mm-hmm. weekend, where it's some halftime adjustments mm-hmm. that really change the game. That's what I'm thinking for this match. Early start will uh, determine who's going to uh, who's going to get the three points here, or could potentially yeah. do one point either way. Yeah, and uh, I think if Real Madrid goes down early it's going to be even more difficult to come back in this game especially like they're playing away uh from home uh valencia will have more crowd more energy in the in the stadium and yeah real madrid will pretty much have like everything against them and is gonzalez gonzalez or hernandez hernandez uh refereeing this game i don't know who's the referee i'm not sure i don't know uh let me quickly check because yeah if if it's hernandez hernandez man i'm I'm not gonna even bother watching this game. <laughs> it's Pablo Gonzalez Fuertes. Uh, well, like uh, Real Madrid in La Liga has suffered under everyone, so it, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yep, that's that's pretty much from us. Uh, it's been a riveting episode. We've talked a lot about uh, both teams' tactics. We'll see who comes out on top on Sunday. This episode, uh, the audio will go live on uh, Saturday 
uh, evening and Spanish time. And uh, the video will go up on Sunday before the game, of course. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who listened to us, was following us, was watching our podcast. Do follow us at S Una Final Pod. There's tons of games to cover. We'll be back. We'll be right back uh, uh, soon with another episode. Uh, until then, everyone stay well and stay healthy. We'll see you the next time. Yep. Thank you.